0: Jay Valentino here with Kevin from A Day to Remember. How are you today?
1: I'm good, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing phenomenal. I'm doing really well. Good. So now you guys have this brand new album, You're Welcome, coming out 2020. Talk to me a little bit about it. What can we expect?
1: Uh, it's a longer album. There's going to be a bunch of songs on it. And uh, I think we got one coming out here pretty soon. Like um, We're going to release a few before the record ever comes out next year. And uh, I think uh, there's a little something for everybody on it. So... Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. So now, you said this song's coming out pretty soon. Like, how soon can we expect it? Are you at liberty to say, or...?
1: Nah, I I can't say. I can't tell you. What
0: kind of direction is the new song going to sound like? Is it going to be a lot like Degenerates? Is it going to be a new entity in and of itself?
1: Ah, it's a little heavier than Degenerates. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now, you guys have spoken that You're Welcome is one of the most positive records you've ever written, lyrically, like, all that stuff. What went into that mindset shift?
1: Uh, I think just getting older and just being comfortable with ourselves, Um, our lawsuits over, Um, I think we're all just in a good clear headspace. Like a lot, everyone's married except me. (laughs) If I was writing the songs, it would have been a lot more depressing. (laughs) No, but like Jeremy had his first child, and uh, you know, it's just all love. So, yeah.
0: so now you guys have mentioned that you had 40 songs ready to go for the record. You have to narrow them down to however is going to be on the record. How do you do that? How do you go through and choose which song makes the cut and which song doesn't make the cut?
1: Man, I don't know. We, we do that for every record, though. Every record's got like 20 songs that we haven't didn't even touch, but... Um... It's just kind of like a democratic vote like it goes to the producers our managers our label now and us and we all just kind of vote on like what we think is the best stuff and uh, there's a lot of fights but it, it ends up being pretty good <laughs>
0: so you mentioned the label again you guys have been like you know self self-releasing these records for the last two records now and then for the first time you guys just signed to Fueled by Ramen. Tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: Uh, it was cool, man. It was um, it was time for us. We were actually at Liberty legally to sign with somebody else and, uh, you know, everyone at Fueled by has been our friends for years. Like, we've known a lot of them for a long time and uh, it just felt super comfortable and super easy just to just transitioned the train onto into Fuel by Ramen and they've been nothing but great to us literally ever since we got there so I know we just started but it's been awesome.
0: Is it different for you guys again because you've had the last two records of you know no no boundaries no records to kind of now be in almost a not a restriction in a way but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. no they they allow us to do exactly what we've always done and um, it's just kind of like more you get more perspective from a bunch of different people for it. So what used to be just our band and management calling all the shots now you have other people being like, well, if we do it this way, we could, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So it's just it's just more uh, more cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool.
0: So now your welcome has been delayed until early 2020. Yeah. What went into that kind of process of choosing to push it back?
1: Uh, I got pushed back because. Um, the art for the record isn't done yet. Um, we still can't, <laughs> we still can't find a good art cover for the record. I know that doesn't really matter nowadays with like streaming and everything, but we just we just want everything to be perfect before it comes out. Yeah. And there's still a couple songs that are still getting mixed that we just need to find the right mixer. So um, it's only getting pushed back what two two and a half months, yeah. so it's not too bad. It's not like. It's not like a Kanye thing where it's never going to come out, so that's cool.
0: And I will say personally, like every Data member album, like the cover has always been glorious, you know, homesick, what separates me from you, even Common Courtesy, Bad Vibe, all that stuff, It's it just looks amazing, so I totally get it. Yeah, I 100% get it. Yeah. You guys have been on this tour with I Prevail, Beartooth, Can't Swim. Tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: It's been awesome, man. Um, we've never toured with any of these bands before. Uh, we've done some like festivals with like Beartooth and stuff and we've been really good friends with them for a long time but it was it was finally every all the stars aligned and we all got on the same tour so it's been rad dude everyone's amazing in all the camps and it's been love. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: now you guys have been notoriously one of the best live bands in the last decade. Like everybody just raves a day to remember, a day to remember, incredible. How do you put on such an incredible live performance every night?
1: I have no idea, man. Beef sticks... (laughs) Uh, And Doritos. No, I don't know, man. We, uh... I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. I guess it's just us five just playing together for so long. Just clicking. So... That's really, it's kind of a secret that not even we know. It's just cool, yeah.
0: And now you guys are, you know, you have the toilet paper that you throw into the crowd, and it's super energetic. How did that come to play? When did that come to fruition for you guys?
1: I don't even remember, man. That was like 10 years ago at least. And I don't know why we started doing that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why we started doing beach balls. I don't know why we started doing toilet paper. There was that little bit where Jeremy got in the ball and the hamster balling but we had to cut that and uh i don't know man like i think it just kind of comes off the dome and somebody's like yeah f- it, let's try it and then it ends up like being cool so i don't know it's yeah. weird I
0: don't- Awesome kind of tour signature thing that you guys do is the human surfboard where one person gets atop the crowd, vertical crowd surfing, and the other person rides them like a surfboard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how that's grown, because you guys said you saw it at a show, and then ever since then it's just been massive and almost yeah. a staple of the set.
1: Yeah, we saw two people do it at a warp tour, and ever since then we've kind of called for it. And uh I think every tour gets a little bigger and bigger because people, like, start to expect that it's coming. Um, I don't know who holds the record. I want to say Utah holds the record, but I can't. Don't quote me on that. There was a lot. There was, like, 50, 56 people on top of it. Was, that is unbelievable. It was pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so now you guys just got off a tour with, you know, Knocked Loose in Boston Manor. Tell me a little bit about how that tour went.
1: That tour was amazing, man. It was a short one. Um, It was kind of like a getting back in the swing of things tour for us. Um, And we've loved Knock Loose for a long time. Always wanted to tour with those guys. And Boston Manor was kind of like an idea from, I think our label actually brought them up. And they were great, man. Their songs are kick ass. Rad dudes. Knock Loose is obviously a juggernaut. Like, those dudes' shows are probably the most violent shows I've ever seen in my life. So it was awesome, though, playing with all—everyone was rad, and I loved watching Knock Loose and Boston Manor every night. It was just a cool tour. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, obviously the Knock Loose-Boston Manor show was more like club tours, and this one's like more arena stuff. You guys have consistently done club arena, club arena tours. Tell me a little about the difference between the two, like, when you're playing.
1: Um... These show like tonight in Terminal Five. It's it's going to get a little more sweaty. It's going to be a little more personal. Um, but then arena shows are cool because there's more there's more people. What's up, buddy? Good. Yeah, you guys kicked out, man. See these heaters? I saw those, man. They're shining from the stage. They're shining from the stage, brother. That was Kayla from Bear Tooth. Um, uh, what was the question? I forgot now. Oh, just like the, <laughs>
0: the difference between club tours versus arena uh, tours. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, so yeah, so I said the club tours are more personal. But um, the arena tours, it's like just more of everything. And the arena tours, you got to get used to kind of bringing the club vibe to the arena. I think that's what separates a lot of um, the good arena bands from like the ones. Um, I don't know, man. It's They're both really cool. They've both got their pros and cons. But yeah. Um, I love doing them both. Honestly, this is this is the only club show on the tour, this tour that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And like you guys always go back to these club shows, which is great because it's so personal. It really is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of sets, you guys are really awesome because in this set you have like a video backdrop in the Boston Manor one. You have like a cloth backdrop for the House Party tour. You guys built a house. Yeah. There's so many different aspects that create your sets. Yeah. Do you get what makes you choose from tour to tour? Kind of what backdrop, what set you're gonna do?
1: Uh, it's brainstorming. We just, um, we just get in a room. It's usually management calls a meeting, and we all get in a room, and we just start just shooting sh- into outer space and just seeing what sticks. Like, um, uh, the tour that we did with, uh, Horizon, that was, um... It was something with camping. I can't remember the name of it right now. But we had our faces as Mount Rushmore. That was literally like someone in the room was just like, why don't we just do our faces as Mount Rushmore? And everyone was like, yeah, I think we could pull that off. So, it's, it's honestly just just a whack job idea that just ends up getting done somehow.
0: I love it. I love it. So, now, you guys have done so many tours in your career. Is there a particular tour that sticks out as your favorite or the one that you particularly gravitate the most with fond memories?
1: Um, I mean, um, you know, the house party tour was a big one because that was our first real big production tour. That one was fun. Um, and devastation that's the name of it uh, yeah that was a good one i don't know i like every tour that we're on i, I really haven't been on a tour where i'm like man fuck this tour so they're all good they're all yeah. good yeah
0: so what are some young bands that you guys really believe in some like kind of new up-and-coming either pop punk metalcore artists that you guys are very excited to see them see what they do
1: yeah i mean obviously i'm excited for knock loose I'm excited for I prevail they're great I'm excited for Beartooth I think all these dudes can I think all these guys are up for taking the mantle you know Um, I really do think Beartooth is an arena band I think that uh, they're gonna be huge probably in their next release Um, as far as younger bands um, I'm trying to think man I don't know you have to come back to me on that one (laughs) Yeah. yeah. no worries no worries
0: Now, another awesome thing is you guys, again, just were one of the headliners of Aftershock Festival and the headliner of the first line of Warp Tour, doing these incredible festivals, but especially Warp Tour. Warp Tour has officially ended, and you guys were known as, like, a staple Warp Tour band, like, synonymous with that scene. How does it feel to kind of have Warp Tour closed shop?
1: I mean, you know, all good things must come to an end. Um, it's sad to see it go, but uh, 25 years as a festival, that's that's crazy, man. Like nobody does that that's a feat in itself and there's a reason that it's in the rock and roll it has its own section in the rock and roll hall of fame you know and that says a lot for him but uh you know we wish kevin lyman the best on his next adventures i know he's got a bunch of other in the works and already but um yeah i'm I'm excited to see what comes next you know see what uh, see what somebody else comes up with so.
0: And now you guys again. Self Help Festival is a festival that you you have kind of built up from the ground up. Tell me a little bit about that experience and how that's grown in the past few years.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. We've been doing it for five years now. Um, it's always been at the same spot in California, and then on the East Coast we've always done it in somewhere different. So we did Philly for a couple times. Did Detroit. Uh, we did Florida. Um, and we just did Boston recently, actually. And they've all been really good. So we're just trying to solidify the East Coast spot right now. And then, um, I don't know. You never know what the future. Maybe we'll do a traveling or self-help sometime. You never know.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. So now, in Florida, you guys are doing a toy drive you know, for the charity on these uh, these House of Blue shows. Tell me a little bit about what went into that and that kind of that charity aspect of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was just a cool idea that got brought up to us um, and as soon as we heard it we were just like yeah do it so it was there's just some decisions that are just super easy like that where like it's just brought up and you're immediately like yeah do it and that was one of them so um, you get uh, if you bring in uh, a toy you get like a discount off merchandise at our uh, exclusive pop-up store in Orlando and uh, it's all kind of like one-off merchandise just for like those shows. So it should be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. It's great to see bands like you, know, again, reaching out and doing charity for the you know community. So it really is. Now, um, another question. Rescue Me, you guys collaborated with Marshmallow. I have to talk about that experience. It, it's so weird that like EDM and then Punk Rock, but it goes together so well. Tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: Uh, it was kind of... Um marshmallow came to us and um apparently he was a fan or is a fan of ours and he told us that he actually went to the new jersey 2011 warp tour date to come see us so pretty crazy but um now he's like the biggest thing in the world and uh yeah he's just said hey do you want to do a song and we just banged that one out, thought it was good, and he put it on uh, Joyride 3. I love it. We play it every night, and the crowd goes wild for it. It's fun, man. It's really cool. So now my
0: last question for you. What advice would you give to young songwriters listening to a dater member that are dying to play music of their own because of you guys?
1: Just keep writing, even if it sucks. Because all our old s*** sucks, and now our new s*** not that bad. <laughs> And that's just the way it goes. So just keep writing and uh, have fun with it.
0: I love it. Thank you so much again for sitting down with me today. You're welcome. Comes out early 2020. We cannot wait to see what direction you guys going.
1: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much.